With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast, and here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Want to welcome everyone back to the latest Tennis.com press room podcast here. Um, back with Pete Boda, who's in Paris for the French Open. I'm Ed McGrogan. Um, Pete, wanted to catch up after um, a few, I think, pretty noteworthy days uh, at Roland Garros. You know, coming into this tournament, I think we, I think we saw sort of the the top heavy nature of, of some of the draws where. We're seeing a couple, like a day like today on this Monday, not as uh, packed of a slate, and we're you know getting the opposite of that on uh, the couple of the previous days. We're really seeing one big happening after another. You know, kind of where do you want to start? There's a lot to talk about. Well, yeah, I mean, I think maybe the Ernest Golbis uh, upset of Roger Federer was just one of one of, one of the many landmark matches. But you know, they, they've been you know really pretty much from day one. It's been like this. I mean, Serena she won her first match, but you know, Muguruza kind of began and kicked off the trend in a sense, and then it went from there. I mean, actually, and don't forget, I, yeah, Stan and Lena, all this stuff. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, forgive me. It was actually the Guillermo Garcia Lopez who kicked off this uh, this trend, I guess, and it's just been it's been sustained. So it's actually been a very, very good tournament. Yeah, um, you know, for Golbis and Roger, like you said, I, I think uh, I think the the most surprising thing may have been really the uh, the headstrong nature of Golbis in the fifth. There, I mean, it's and it wasn't a you know it wasn't a fifth set where it kind of traded really breaks and you know kind of the last one standing. It was you know he gets an early break and really rides that to the end. Absolutely, and I think look, I mean, uh, uh, some people will dissent. You know, Roger Roger doesn't really like this idea, but look, the thing is, he's a fading champion. Uh, there's no question about that in my mind. It's not a criticism; it's just a reality of life. And if he wouldn't be fading today, he'll be fading in a year. I mean, the, you know, the thing is, I mean, matches like this. Look, I mean, I I think this is the kind of match where Roger Federer in a, in a different couple of years ago comes back and wins this in five but uh you know and all props to Golbus he dictated he you know shut Federer out and he had an excellent game plan game plan working that Federer back end then going down the line with his own back end which he himself described as one of the best backhands on a tour and I think that's an accurate description how about Maria Sharapova on this day that really is the one that avoids that uh you know this kind of string of events happening and for for a while certainly looking to be the latest top you know women's seat on her way up but then just you know 180 degrees on stozer 
Well, you know, it's funny. Once you saw this trend developing of former champions losing, immediately her name jumps out at the draw saying, you know, Sharapova could lose. How often has she come out here and been a little bit flat, hasn't been able to find her game? She's really, in, in a way, a very extraordinary player these days because there are a few players who are, you know, so prone to having really bad patches when she can't get the ball in play and then yet somehow having so much willpower and determination that she pulls her game together and goes on to win. Anyway, look. Looked for a while like she was a very, very likely candidate for this. But the flip side of that, of course, is that it's also incentive. It's motivation. You know, the tournament is really hers to lose if you look at the the record of, of the people who are in there. But she's got a pretty tough road ahead of her. I mean, I think there are some – Simona Halep is playing some some very good tennis. Eugenie Bouchard is a very crafty, clever player. It's You know, it's certainly not going to be a cakewalk for her. Yeah, and, and she gets Muguruza next, actually. And, and that's right. gonna, in and of itself is going to be a difficult one. Absolutely. Um, and uh, someone else who survives that uh, you know, that early trial, you know, n- certainly not the clay court champion that we always have in mind, but you know, Andy Murray getting through uh, 12-10 after coming back from sleeping on 7-7 against Cole Schreiber, um, you know, Really, pretty, pretty. I think pretty impressive stuff from uh, from a player who most people probably have already thought of, you know, in his Wimbledon uh, terminology at this point. And uh, you know, he's into the uh, the f- uh, quarters, I believe now. Yes, I think something kicked kicked in Mr. Murray's head and said, hey, wait a second, you know, times times are wasting here. Wimbledon's coming up. I definitely do not want to go into the clay court, into the grass court. Uh, season appearing to really, really be in trouble, and so I think that really was excellent motivation. Motivation for me. By the way, Murray's in the in, in, is in the quarters. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the um, fourth fourth round. This that was a he's yeah, in the sorry, fourth he's round for, now. For, for, yeah, to for play correct. Fernando Verdasco, which is going to be a tough match. Both of them, both of those men had to finish their matches yesterday. But you know, Verdasco is a very competent clay court player i think you know the thing with murray is he's you know he's he can be very up and down he's very lucky to get that match postponed at that point because it had been close rubber had a second win on the other hand close rubber is a very very good player he's extremely versatile he's got every every trick in the book you know his serve you know is a liability a little bit because it's returnable but uh, murray did a very good job coming back to hold on and he's he's getting the matches he needs Someone who's playing later today, but uh, well, you know, when you hear this, we'll see where their match is. If it's either already been completed, who knows? But, but Monfils, who, who did the uh, the sequel to him and Fanini this year at the French? You remember? I think it was in 2012 where they, uh, you know, played pretty much, uh, you know, into the late late evening, and the kind of drama sort of returned for this rematch in different ways. Um, you know. Neither player, I think, a stranger to the controversies of uh, of play, and so you know, what, what's the latest on uh, on Gael you're hearing over there? Well, you know, he's he, you know he's such a melodramatic, he's such a showman, and that really goes two ways. I mean, a you could love him because he gets the crowd excited, and he's very dramatic, and he's very he's very self-aggrandizing and stuff with his you know carrying on and pounding his chest to show how big his heart is and stuff like that. You know, the other way to look at that, of course, is to is to criticize him and say, look, you know, I mean, just you know, just shut up and play. That's 
You know, sometimes you you just want that. It was interesting his match with Fonini. And Ford said he essentially tanked that match. He said he was tired. Pretty much tried to tank the match. The, the remarkable thing was Fonini didn't really want to let him. So instead of like hitting a couple of drop shots, making it easy for him, Fonini just kind of looped the ball back, and made him run some more. It was just a very. It was what it was was weird. When you sat out there, you wondered is is Mumphy's hurt? What's he doing? How come Fonini's not doing anything? And then you know, in the fifth set, of course, you know, Mumphy's goes from dead man. Superstar, you know, personally, that kind of thing gets a little old for me. The fans loved it, of course. He being French, you know, uh, I, I don't know how that well would, that would have played in Rome. By the way, they would have run him out of town on a rail. But it's he, the one that got to hand it to the guy, though. He has a way of generating excitement and 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 um, energy and getting the crowd into it. You know, on the flip side, what you know, what about? About Sangha and and you know kind of a you know in comparison Monfils kind of a dud almost in a performance wise of course against you know he runs into a, you know a buzzsaw you could certainly say that in Djokovic but but you know this match you know, certainly wasn't even competitive and then you think about back to last year in the semis after the uh, Djokovic Nadal Classic I mean uh, he's kind of put up some pretty startlingly puzzling ugly is the word you're looking yeah, for yeah just yeah ugly <laughs> flat kind of you name it so i mean that to me was actually one of the biggest surprises of all of these really happenings is just kind of the inability to really generate anything well i agree with you i mean you know especially when you consider that he's a guy who had what, what did he have three match points against djokovic maybe four, four yep. years ago here on suzanne langland so you kind of thought well okay here's here's a chance and you know it's almost like it's three four years now i've gone into the french open coming to the french open i'm, I'm thinking first and foremost that you know this could be the year that a frenchman wins it. and you know i think it's going to be Tsonga. Mumphis just doesn't seem to have the sort of brain you know to to, to make that happen whereas Tsonga, Tsonga does you know Tsonga is less interested as much of a showman as he is he's less interested in in the peripherals he's less melodramatic he's less you know living one minute dying the next so i've had great hopes for him and it's it's really been very disappointing because he's you know he's got it all let's face it granted clay's not his best surface but um you know he's you know he he just needs to step his game up having said that there's starting to be something almost you know spooky about the way djokovic is playing it seems like things Mm -hmm. are really coming together for him yeah, and you know, looking ahead, not for uh, Djokovic necessarily, but uh, for the matches that we know in the quarterfinals, um, you know, two Canadians in there: Bouchard, Raonic. You know, Raonic will play Djokovic. Bouchard, we, we you know, following up an Australian Open with you know, really another just uh, very deep run in major here. You know, to close things out, you know, what have you seen and possibly heard about, you know, where these two have gone? Because it's, it, in both cases, um, you know, the, the ascent seems to be continuing. I think Bouchard certainly, you know, obviously quicker than Raonic, but Raonic has taken, I think, you know, sort of noticeable, undeniable steps and really has not slid back, uh, you know, still waiting for that major, major victory, but he's going to get a shot against Djokovic, too. Well, I'll let you know a little secret. This is uh, sort of a secret of the trade, and uh, you probably know it, but a lot of our listeners might not. That the reason I haven't seen a whole lot of Raonic and Bouchard here, of course, I've seen the scores because every time I've looked up, they've been leading like six one, four one. And I'm like, I don't need to go on and watch this. These guys are just you know kicking butt and taking names. So you know that's uh, you know something to keep in mind. But you know, like the thing is, I think all, I think the work that 
that uh, Rayonich has been doing with his new coaches led by Ivan Lubicic is really paying off. And he knows exactly. He's got to go from, he needs to make that transition from being a really nice guy with a big serve who just throws the ball in there and then plays a point to a guy who's really going to impose himself and dictate. He knows this. Lubicic knows this. The world knows this. But I think he's starting to make that work. He's starting to. Uh, he's he's come to understand, I think, that he you know matches need to be played on his terms. And when he does that, he can be well nigh unbeatable when the serve's working. So that's what's going on with him. Bouchard, yeah, Bouchard you know, she's gets, uh, Suarez Navarro in the next match. Right. I mean, Suarez Navarro is clever. She's had a very good run here. She had, you know, um, she had a, a tough win yesterday. But, um, you know, she, uh, I, I like Bouchard in that one. I like Bouchard's thinking is good. She's got, a, she's very level-headed, very cool-headed, and very solid in every department. Um, it'd be funny if we ended up with Rayonich and Bouchard as the French Open champions. There you go. Yeah. Nadal may have something to say about that, but he, he might. Or Djokovic. Yeah, exactly. Um Good stuff. We'll see uh, how week two turns out compared to, I think, a pretty busy week one. And, and you know, even though that, that all said, you know, you still look at the draws and, you know, so many of the big names are still there. So should be good stuff coming up, and we will hear more from you, Pete, uh, in your time in Paris. Uh, everyone else, thank you for listening. Come back. Tennis.com podcast. You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.